सहनावतो सहनौ भुनक्तो सह वीर्यंकरवाह तेजस्वीतमस्तु मिद्विषावह नमश्रीशंकरानंद नम श्रीशंकरानंद गुरुपादाबुजन्मने गुरुपादाबुजन्मने सविलास महामोह सविलास महामोह ग्राहग्रासकर्मणे ग्राहग्रासकर्मणे विद्युत हृदयग्रंथ छिद्यते क्षीयते चास्य कर्मा तस्मिन् दृष्टे परावरे सेवेंथ वर्स इज स्ट्रेट कोटेशन फ्रॉम मुंडकोपनिषद द होल सब्जेक्ट मैटर ऑफ डिस्कशन हियर इज दैट बाय द नॉलेज ऑफ ब्रह्मन ऑल द नॉलेज ऑफ सेल्फ वन बिकम्स कंप्लीटली फ्री फ्रॉम ऑल सफरिंग and one attains unsurpassable happiness this is a point that the author seeks to make through these verses and various doubts arise in conveying this meaning <coughs> because when you quote one one passage from upanishad which clarifies certain point it also creates the question so this is how the discussion goes on it's like <coughs> if you play you present a certain argument in favor of your case that follows the question so when the argument resolves a certain point it raises another question for which you again present another argument which resolves that point and raises another question that's how the discussion goes on <coughs> so that's how these scholars and the, the learned people enjoy you know uh, the scriptures so here also the author keeps on presenting one passage after the other in clarifying a point and the very passage brings up yet another point for which he presents another passage which clarifies one point and raises another point and thus the discussion goes on so what we are doing here is <coughs> clarifying or making it clear how knowledge of the self or knowledge of brahman makes one free from all the suffering and simultaneously brings about the attainment of total or unsurpassable happiness <coughs> in support of that was said vidyate rvegranthi how by the knowledge of the self all the complexes of the heart all the complexes that one entertains about oneself all those conclusions or judgments about oneself which are the source of uh, uh source of pain various complexes alone create in me source of fear reactions so all those complexes uh, are cut asunder छिद्यंते सर्व संशया वीरियस डाउट्स आई हैव अबाउट द सेल्फ एंड अबाउट द वर्ल्ड ऑल्सो एंड दिस डाउट्स ऑलवेज कीप मी अनसर्टन एंड डाउट्स ऑल्सो क्रिएट लॉट्स ऑफ फियर दोज डाउट्स आर ऑल्सो कंप्लीटली रिजॉल्व क्षीयंते कर्माणी एंड दर इज डेस्टिनी सो दर इज होल लाइफ विच इज नॉट इन माई कंट्रोल एंड आई फाइंड माई सेल्फ एट द मर्सी ऑफ द डेस्टिनी ऑल्सो मीनिंग मर्सी एंड एट द मर्सी ऑफ द सिचुएशन i am at the mercy of my body 
and so the body is healthy, well and good. If it is not, then what? I am at the mercy of the situations, pleasure, heat, cold, pleasure, pain, honor, dishonor, all of these things keep on coming to me. And thus we find in our life there are all these conditions which are not under our control. <clears throat> so even though I may be free from all complexes and therefore there are no reactions, etc., as far as my own mind is concerned, but still, how about the situations that are not in my control? So they will cause pain. That is what is meant by karma. When Vedanta talks about freedom from karma, freedom from action, what is meant is, action is that which gives rise to result. Actions which you performed in the past, with whatever reason, for whatever reason, the results of those actions are what we are at the moment, which we are confronted with right now, and we find ourselves helpless with reference to the situations created by those actions. <coughs> So when it is said that the wise man becomes free from the bondage of action, what is meant is wise man becomes free from the helplessness that one feels with reference to situations because one is not able to control the situations. And for an ordinary person there is always a need to have a situation that is agreeable. Because in disagreeable situation I find myself reacting or unhappy or fearful. So wise man is also free from any kind of infliction that a situation can place upon him. As Swami likes to say, a person feels weighted by the whole world, as the whole world is out to grab me or attack me, and I always have to protect myself against the world. So this is one of the things that goes on with an individual. Let us call this karma. <clears throat> Let us call this the boundary of karma, because what I find myself confronted with is nothing but the product of karma. And therefore, the wise man even becomes free from that. Meaning the wise man becomes free from all the internal difficulties which are created by various conclusions and complexes about myself and also becomes free from all the external problems which are created on account of a sense of isolation or a sense of separation or duality. And thus, this knowledge brings total freedom from internal as well as external problems or situations. That is what this verse says, Tasmin Drishte Paravare. When one sees Paramatma, when one sees the Self, which is limitless, then that's all that is there and therefore there is no duality and therefore all these problems are resolved. <coughs> then the question was, is it mainly, is it purely the knowledge of the Self that is the cause of moksha? Or should that knowledge be combined with karma or action? This argument is brought up again and again under the title of Jnana Karma Samucha. A Samucha or a combination of Jnana and Karma, combination of knowledge and action. It is a technical point but an important point inasmuch as one wants to know what is the means for moksha or liberation. There are those who believe that karma or action, action in the form of rituals or action in the form of meditation, they, they, that is a cause or that is a means for liberation. There are others who believe that no, not only karma or action, but karma combined with the knowledge of the self, that is the cause of moksha. So, 
you will find Shankaracharya again and again bringing up this point and refuting this point. The point that is made by Vedantic teachers is that it is merely knowledge of the self that is a means for moksha and nothing else. In short, having gained the knowledge, there is no need to do anything in order to become liberated. It is not there when one gains the knowledge that one stops performing action. But there is no compulsion to perform an action once having gained the knowledge because knowledge is alone the means for liberation. Should a liberated person perform an action or not perform an action depends upon his sweet will. There is no compulsion or there is no injunction that he has to do given thing or not to do. But the point that is always sought to be made is knowledge alone is the means for moksha. Why is it so? Because what we call bondage is purely a product of ignorance. And therefore, Atma is not really bound. If the self were bound in, in reality, then you would have to release it. In which case, some kind of virtue or something would have to be done to release the self. If the bondage were real, then merely knowledge could not be a means for liberation. But in as much as bondage is not real, it is mithya. It is a notion or bhanti, a delusion, born of the ignorance of the self. Therefore, the knowledge of the self releases this bhanti or notion and that is how one becomes free. Now, that is the point that is brought up in the next passage here on this book, page 369. So, the second paragraph, Nanu, Kurvan Neveha Karmani Jiji Vishet Chatam Samaha Evam Tvai Nanyathetosti Na Karma Lipyate Nare Various passages are quoted from Upanishads as well as from other texts. This is a statement from Ishavasya Upanishad, which says, Kurvan Evaiha Karmani Jiji Vishet Shatam Samaha One should seek to live for 100 years while performing one's duty. Performing duty means enjoined action, the action that are enjoined by the scriptures depending upon one's station and place in life. <coughs> Evam, only when you spend your time or live your life thus performing the actions. By actions are meant all the Vedic rituals, etc. Evam tvai na anyatha itahasti na karma lipyade nare. If you want to remain untainted by the karma, meaning that if you want to remain untainted or not bound by the karma, then may you spend all your life performing what we call dharma or the, the, uh, your duty, meaning the enjoined actions. So this is a statement. So this statement seems to uh, mean that if you perform your karma or the duty, then you will remain untainted. And so somehow the statement seems to imply that it is karma or the action alone is a means for moksha. So that statement can be read that way. So here the, there is a Puru Pakshi or the person who asks question. And he reads the statement of the Ishavasa Upanishad, the second mantra in this manner. But look, this mantra says that if you perform your duty as enjoined by the scriptures, then you will not be tainted by action. That means you will remain untainted, you will remain free. Therefore, it seems that 
karma or, or action is the means for moksha. <coughs> then another statement is quoted from Ishavasya Upanishad. Vidyamcha vidyamcha yastad vedo bhagum saha avidyaya mrityam dhirtva vidyaya mrityamashnate says again the eleventh mantra of this, the Ishavasya vidyamcha avidyamcha vidya means knowledge avidya means ignorance and the word avidya or ignorance is interpreted as karma or action for the simple reason that action involves duality action involves the sense of doership and who can perform the action deliberate action only one who takes oneself as a doer and that alone that shows that there is ignorance of the self so deliberate action is possible only for the one who is ignorant who takes oneself as a doer and therefore that alone can perform the action so action is a product of ignorance <coughs> so in this verse in this passage vidyamcha avidyamcha avidya means action vidya means knowledge yastadvira ubhayam saha so interpretation of the passage is one who simultaneously performs knowledge as well as action what happens to him avidya mrityum tirtva he crosses mrityu or the death by ignorance by karma vidya amrutamashnude vidya and by knowledge he attains immortality so by karma or by action this person crosses death and by knowledge he attains immortality <coughs> now in shvetash in, in the ishavasya upanishad shankaracharya spends a long time in discussing these passages because his words vidya avidya all of these have to be properly understood in a in a in a given context and there shankaracharya explains the the word vidya vidya generally means knowledge but here the word vidya is employed in the sense of upasana or meditation so it looks as though at the at the first the first impression that the verse creates is that this verse of ishavasya upanishad enjoins a combination of knowledge and action but shankaracharya explains that it does not enjoy combination of knowledge and action it enjoys only a combination of rich action and meditation the word vidya is to be understood as meditation and not the knowledge of the self and therefore shankaracharya explains how by performing one's duty one crosses death in the sense of ragadveshas and how by performing the upasana or meditation one attains heaven so the state of the godhood not brahman but the devata and so amrutatvam is to be understood in a relative sense <coughs> then there is a passage in bhagavad gita karmanaiva hi samsiddhim asthitaha janakadaha this verse in the third chapter of bhagavad gita says the 20th verse janakadaha and this is also an oft quoted verse that such sages as janaka and others samsiddhim asthitaha they attain samsiddhi or perfection karmana eva by action alone they attain perfection so janaka is well known as a wise man and in the his reference comes in bhagavadarnika upanishad and in many other texts so in the indian mythological and spiritual literature janaka is known as a wise man 
and he is referred to in Bhagavad Gita also that look sages such as Janaka they attain perfection by karma or action alone and so that passage also seems to indicate that action alone is the means for the means of liberation and then there is another quotation yathannam madhu sanyuktam madhu chandena sanyuktam evam tapascha vidyacha sanyuktam bheshajam mahat then there is another passage which says yatha annam madhu sanyuktam if you mix honey with rice madhu chandena sanyuktam or if you mix rice with honey how it becomes so instead of eating rice alone if you add honey in there so a combination of rice and honey gives you all the nourishment and energy instead of rice alone and instead of honey alone if you combine them then that combination becomes more effective than in each individual one evam tapasya vidyacha sanyuktam bheshajam mahata see in the ayurveda they ask you to take the medicine with honey many medicines are to be mixed with either ghee clarified butter or with honey so that effect of the medicine is enhanced when you take it with honey so that's what is meant so how a particular medicine when mixed with honey becomes the effect becomes more enhanced evam tapasya vidyacha and similarly also tapahiya means karma if the ritual is combined with knowledge then it becomes a real bhesham becomes a real medicine to release one from the disease of samsara so that smriti vakya also seems to indicate that the combination of the knowledge and, and action is a means for moksha so these are statements quoted by puropaksha in short these statements here are taken up for discussion as to how to understand them ityadi smritascha kevalasya va gnana samuchirasya va karmanah mukti hetatvam syat of these have the statements seem to indicate that karma or no action is a means for moksha another have the statements seem to indicate that the knowledge uh, combined with karma is a means of moksha <coughs> so this is the question that is asked and the answer is given that these statements have to be understood see this is lot of debates are there because how to understand a given passage here we say that vedanta is a pramanam is a means of knowledge to the self and vedanta is nothing but the body of knowledge which is in the form of words so for vedanta to become pramanam or valid means of knowledge we must know the tatpary the purport of the statements of vedanta so how to understand it or purport for that lots of discussions sometimes become necessary because there appear to be passages which appear to be contradictory to each other or and so to clarify those passages also is the one of the tasks of text such as panchadashi udahurda vakya sthale bhi tapas shabdasya paap nivritti paratvad the idea is that uh, what is meant by vidya is not brahma gnanam it is meant by upasana and samsiddhi does not mean moksha it means antahakana shuddhi and vidya does not mean knowledge of brahma it means upasana and thus vidya shabdena cha upasanaya vivakshatatva <coughs> samsiddhi shabdena cha gnana sadana chitta shuddhi abhidhana by what samsiddhi we have to understand the purification of mind vidya shabdena cha upasanaya vivakshatatva 
Bhadavala Vidya is my Dupasana meditation and not Brahmagyanam, na karmana mukti sadhanatvam. In short, the karma or the action, either alone or in combination with knowledge, is not the means for moksha. Idabhiprayana, then what is the means for moksha? Knowledge, and knowledge alone is the means for moksha. Sadhanantara nishedaparam. So the, the verse 8 here quotes a passage from Upanishad which says that knowledge alone is a means for moksha. When you say knowledge alone, that alone excludes everything other than knowledge. Meaning it excludes karma or combination of karma. They cannot be the means of moksha. Knowledge alone is a means of moksha. There is a famous statement in Shvetashvatar Upanishad, Tameva viditva atimrutyamedi nanyafpantha vidyate anayadi. Tameva viditva, knowing that self, Mrutyamatyadi, knowing that self, one crosses the death. And crossing death means one attains immortality. Immortality means liberation. Immortality means freedom from mortality. Meaning freedom from death, freedom from time, so freedom from place, so freedom from everything. So immortality means freedom from mortality. And what is mortality? Limitation in time. So immortality means freedom from the limitation of time. And where the time is, the space also will be there. Therefore, limitation from, freedom from the limitation of time and space. Meaning, one becomes free from every form of limitation. And by knowledge alone, so knowing that self, one becomes free from all forms of limitation. And there is no other nanyaf pantaha vidyate ayanaya. For ayanam, or for the ultimate destination, there is no other path. <coughs> That is what is said in the verse 8 here. So we read the 8th verse. Tameva vidva natyeti Tameva vidva natyeti Mrityum panthana chetarah Mrityum panthana chetarah Jnatva devam pashahanihi Jnatva devam pashahanihi Kshinaih kleshairna janmubhag Kshinaih kleshairna janmubhag Tameva vidwan atyedi mrityum panthana cha itarha Tam puruktum paramatmanam vidwaneva Knowing that paramatma, knowing the self as the paramatma, meaning the limitless Mrityum samsara matyadi atikramadi One crosses death. Death means change. Death is something, death is not only the death of the body, which takes place at a given point in time, but death means the principle of change. That means the limitation in time. And therefore the mortality and the fear and the whole samsara is what is meant by the word death. So by the word death is meant, because death is the cause of fear. And fear represents all the other evils that there are in the samsara. So therefore the word death means samsara. So the, the Upanishad says one crosses the death, meaning one crosses the ocean of samsara. Nacha <coughs> itaraha, there is no other path. Itaraha samuchaya rupa kevalaha karma rupa pantha margo mokshopayo nachanayo vidyate. That there is no other path leading to moksha. Either action or combination of knowledge and action, 
such passage or such path does not exist, only knowledge is the only path. <coughs> so this says, by gaining the knowledge of self, one becomes free from death. Meaning one becomes free from all the misery. Tarbishoka Mahatmavit, the knower of the self crosses the grief. That's what is meant here. Tameva Viditva Atimrattimedi. Knowing the self, one transcends the death. Meaning one becomes free from all the afflictions of life. <coughs> then a question arises. Nanu Udahruta Sushrutishu Anve Vidalekabhyam Aihika Anishtanabhuttiheva Pradhanyana Avhasate says that, you are saying that, by gaining the knowledge of a self, one crosses the death. All right. So you cross the death, meaning that you become free from all the fear and afflictions in this life. But how about the afflictions that may happen in the next life? So this passage that you have quoted seems to mean that the wise man becomes free from the afflictions or pain or suffering in this life, but that anvay vitirekabhyam. So when the ignorance is there, death is. Ignorance is not there, death is not there. So it looks like the vidwan becomes free from here, the afflictions here. But pradhanyana avabhasade. That it looks like predominantly the vidwan or the wise man becomes free from the afflictions here. Na amushmaki. But then one doesn't become free from the afflictions hereafter. See they are always worried about that. Because this is in the culture, you know. This previous birth and next birth, all of these occupies the, the frame. Of, I mean, you know, is in the psyche. And therefore, man is not satisfied by the promise that he will become free from, in, from affliction in this birth. But he wants to know what will happen to me after this. He wants to be free forever. So the passage that you quoted appears to indicate that there is freedom from suffering or afflictions in this life. But what happens to the person in the next life? So here, the author quotes another statement from Shvetashvatar Upanishad which says that he becomes once and for all free from the whole process of birth and death. Amushmikasya anishtasya bhavijanma purakatvat tasya sanidhanasya abhava pratipadakam There is a text called Naishkarmi Siddhi. The very first passage in this text, that is written by Sureshwaracharya. We have very often seen the reference of Neshkarma Siddhi in Vedanta Sara as well as in this text. And the very first passage in the text, Neshkarma Siddhi, outlines the whole cause of samsara. That we find in the people an instinctive activity or a natural activity to avoid pain and seek pleasure. This is a natural activity, instinctive activity find all the living beings. What is the cause of pain? Then he says, it is the body that is the cause of pain. Because when the body is there, then there is always a sense of mortality. There is always a sense of separation or division. And also with the body, there is pain associated with the birth and death and old age and disease. And therefore, it is really the association of the body that is the cause of pain. How does the association with the body come about? It comes about because of past actions. Whatever we have performed actions which are which can be classified as meritorious or vicious. And those actions, combination of them, gives rise to this body. 
So pain will be there as long as body or birth is there. And birth will be there as long as these actions, meaning dharma, dharma, the virtuous and vicious actions are there in the past. Or in the present also, we keep on performing these dharma, dharma actions and again creating a series of bodies in future. So what's the reason for this dharma and adharma? Why are there these virtuous and vicious actions? <coughs> because raga and dvesha. Raga and dvesha. These are the impulses that I have. And because of these impulses, sometimes I perform act- so raga. There is naturally an activity to acquire something that is desirable, another activity to get rid of something undesirable, and that makes me perform various actions, which may be classified as dharma and dharma. So dharma and dharma are the products of raga and dvesha, likes and dislikes. Why is likes and dislikes there? Where is the raga and dvesha, attachment and aversion, when? When there is duality. There cannot be raga dvesha within myself, meaning I cannot have love for my finger or I cannot hate my thumb. In short, this love and hatred or attachment and aversion cannot be within one. Attachment and aversion, both of them require duality. I can be attached to someone or something other than myself or I may have hate or have aversion for again someone other than myself. There cannot be attachments and aversions for my own self. So attachments and aversions necessarily call for the existence of dvaita or duality. Well, uh, Alright, where is the duality from? Duality is from ignorance. Duality is a projection. That the same self appears to be many or same self is looked upon as non-self. Why this kind of projection is that? Because of ignorance. Ignorance of whom? Ignorance of the self. Self which is one and non-dual is taken to be many and that ignorance causes the projection. Projection causes duality. Duality causes likes and dislikes. Likes and dislikes cause actions. Actions are there as uh, the virtue and the vice and they cause again the punya-papa and they cause his body and that cause all the pain of birth, death, etc. So what's the cause of all the pain? Agnanam or ignorance. <coughs> that is how in the very first passage in Nishkarma Siddhi, Sureshwaracharya makes the case for knowledge that one cannot become free from this pain unless there is a knowledge of a self. So if you remove ignorance, then the whole chain also gets removed. And therefore, once the ignorance is removed, Naturally, there is no next birth, and when there is no next birth, there is no question of any kind of afflictions possibly taking place in the hereafter, because there is no hereafter as far as the wise man is concerned. That's the answer. The question was, you say that by gaining the knowledge of the self, one becomes free from afflictions here, but what happens even to the wise man hereafter? says, there is no hereafter for the wise man. <coughs> The future birth, if it takes place, then alone there is a question of suffering. But there is no future birth because that which causes the birth, namely the ignorance, that itself is destroyed. And that is the passage so in the Shvetashvatara which says, Jnatvadevam sarvapapavashabahanihi kshinahi kleshehi janmamrityu prahanihi Jnatvadevam Sarvapasha apahanihi. Knowing this devil, they were knowing the self. Sarvapasha apahanihi. One becomes free from all the pasha, all the fetters. Kshinaihi, kleshaihi. And thus, when one becomes free from all the complexes, 
all the raga dveshas also go away. See, all the Patanjali in the Yoga Shastra tells us about five types of klesha. Avidya, Asmita, Raga, Dvesha and Abhinivesha. Sage Patanjali says, first problem is Avidya, ignorance of the self. That brings about Asmita, that brings about a sense of individuality. Not knowing the self is one without a second and limitless, taking the self to be limited causes the sense of individuality, duality, isolation. From that arises Raga. There is naturally an attraction or attachment to that which would be a source of pleasure for this ahankara or individual. And Dvesha, there is naturally an aversion for that which is a source of pain. So Raga and Dvesha both are caused from ahankara or the sense of individuality. And these Raga Dvesha, when they become really firm, then they cause fear or an extreme attachment, hanging on to something. Because a fear is created, tremendous insecurity is created, and therefore one hangs on to something, like the body or something else. And it's called Abhinivesha. So these are called Klesha. All of these are born of ignorance. Jnatva Devam Bahanihi When one knows the true nature of the self, then one becomes free from the sense of individuality and all the complexes. Shinaihi Kleshaihi Janma Vrityu Prahanihi and then all the ragadveshas go away. When there is no ragadvesha, then there is no action. See, all our actions are also caused by raga and the dvesha. I want to do something because I am attached to that, or that is the source of happiness. I want to do something in order to avoid unhappiness or acquire happiness. When ragadveshas are not there, there is no action. When there is no action, there is no dharma dharma. There is no punya papa. There is no next birth. And that's how one becomes free from the afflictions hereafter. This statement of Shvetashvatara is what the author explains in the second line of the eighth verse. Jnatva devam pashahanihi kshinahi kleshahi na janmabhag. Jnatva devam, knowing the devata. You know what is the meaning of the word deva? Deva means God. But the derivative meaning of the word deva is dyotanat devaha. Dyotanat devaha. Dyo means to shine. So the one who is shining is called deva. So shining one is called deva. Ever the sun is called deva because he is shining. The moon also is deva. Fire also is deva. So all the shining or the luminaries are all called devas because they are all shining ones. But the, who is the real deva? Lord Shiva is called Mahadeva. Haraharanavas Parvadipate Harahara Mahadeva. Lord Shiva is called Mahadeva, the great Deva. Why is he called the greatest of all the Devatas? Because Tameva Bhantam Anubhadi Sarvam. When he shines, then everyone shines. Just as the moon shines only when the sun shines. So moon shines after the sun. So moon can also be called a luminary, alright? But not in its own right, the moon shines because the sun illumines that. Similarly also, all these devatas, like the sun and the moon and whoever the devatas are, all of them are shining because of whom? Because of the self or because of Shiva. Therefore he is called Mahadeva. So real deva, the real shining one is the one who is self-effulgent. 
other devatas have their power, their strength, their illumination because of the self. That's why Lord Krishna says, we are chanting that 15th chapter, Yadaditya gadam tejaha jagat bhasayate khilam yat chandramasi yat chagnav tat tejo vidhimamakam says Lord Krishna that look, the light which is there in the sun and the moon and the fire know that to be my light. Meaning, it is I who illumine the sun and the moon and the fire which in turn illumine the rest of the creation and through them therefore I alone illumine the creation. I am the self-evolvent one and everything shines after me. So real Deva, the real effulgent entity is the self who is self-evolvent. Everything else shines after that. So says this passage, Jnatva Devam Pashahanihi. So knowing the Deva, knowing the self-effulgent one, which is Brahma, which is non-separate from the self, Jnatva Aparokshataya Anubhuya. Knowing him as a very self, knowing, having that intimate or in immediate knowledge of the fact that the self is Brahman, which is self-effulgent. Pashahanihi. All the pasha, all the bondage are destroyed. What are bondage? Sthitasya kamakrodhadinam sarvesham pashanam hanir bhavati. All the kama, the krodha, kama means the passion or lust. Krodha means anger. All the lust and anger and passion and greed, all of these go away. There's no need for them. Knowing the self to be Brahman, the limitless, where is the need for any desire? And when there is no desire, where is the question of disappointment of the desire? And when there is no disappointment of desire, there cannot be anger. Anger arises only when the desire is thwarted or desire is stifled. When there is no desire, there is no question of anger. See, when the desire is fulfilled, then there is greed. When desire is not fulfilled, there is anger. But then, the desire is there only when, as long as one feels sense of limitation, but the karma, krodha, loha, all of these impulses, they go away in the wake of the discovery of the fact that the fulfillment, the limitlessness which I am seeking is my own self. And thus, the wise man becomes free from all ragadveshas, all karma, krodha. <coughs> Ragadvesha that are pushing us to next birth, you know. Ragadvesha, the likes and dislikes, push us to next birth also. They push us constantly from one action to the other action. Otherwise you'll be totally relaxed. Right now I'm compelled to do something. I, I don't enjoy that leisure. I don't enjoy the relaxation because there is something within me that compels me to do something. And what is that? Ragadvesha. I want this or I want to get rid of this. If I don't have it, I'll be unhappy. If I have it, I'll be happy. So I find myself unhappy in absence of something or I find myself unhappy in presence of something. If I'm unhappy in presence of something, I should get rid of that. If I'm unhappy in absence of something, I should get that. And now that sense of unhappiness or a discontentedness which is there within keeps on propelling me to perform actions. And that action creates the result. And that creates the ground for the subsequent birth. You know, so here the wise man has no impulse of that kind because he is totally uh, relaxed, totally at leisure, totally free from any sense of dissatisfaction or unhappiness. Therefore, 
न जन्म भाग दर इज नो फर्दर बर्थ फॉर हिम भावी जन्म हेतु कर्म आरंभ अयोगाच्च तत्र प्राप्नोदी सिंस देयर इज नो कर्म बिकॉज देयर इज नो रागद्वेष देयर इज नो रागद्वेष बिकॉज देयर इज नो इग्नोरेंस देयरफॉर वाइज मैन बिकम्स फ्री फ्रॉम द वेरी नेक्स्ट बर्थ व्हेन देयर इज नो बर्थ देयर इज नो हियर आफ्टर फॉर द वाइज मैन एंड देयरफॉर देयर इज नो क्वेश्चन ऑफ एनी एफ्लिक्शंस हियर आफ्टर इन शॉर्ट बाय दिस नॉलेज वन बिकम्स टोटली फ्री फ्रॉम एफ्लिक्शंस हियर एंड हियर आफ्टर दैट्स द आइडिया okay so all this is argued with reference to the scriptures but what is the practical thing he says next question is nanu shoga taranaade phalam shruyate eva na anubhuyate this is all fine in scriptures he says all of this we learn from the scriptures and that is fine na anubhuyate we don't find it in practice he says why gnani nam api इष्टानिष्ट प्राप्ति परिहारार्थम प्रवृत्ति दर्शनाज one becomes free from ragadveshas but we find that even learned people also ragadveshas likes and dislikes because we find also in learned people this activity on their part to acquire something that is desirable and to get rid of something that is undesirable we find this in them also so maybe the scriptures say that by the knowledge one becomes free but that does not appear to be a matter of our practical observation <coughs> says no that's not right idi ashanke drudha aparokshi gnaninam tat abhava pratipadana param says no where the knowledge is not there or where the knowledge is not yet become abiding or spontaneous there you may find this activity normally should we have knowledge but we should have what we call abiding knowledge and then alone one becomes free from all desires because when knowledge is not abiding sometimes sometimes the role impulse again take hold of us momentarily which is called the viparita buddhi or the, the the habitual error and so one again perhaps may find having ragadveshas but when all the habitual error also is eliminated when one is abiding knowledge then we will not find in that wise man any kind of an activity see pursuing something running after something or running away from something that is not for a wise man of abiding wisdom a ignorant person runs after something or runs away from something always you are always running physically even if you are not running mentally you are running running after something chasing something or being chased by something either we are chasing the pleasure or we are being chased by the pain and so we run and this constant running is going on but the wise man becomes free from this he doesn't chase the pleasure nor does he want to avoid the pain because he is free from this pleasure and pain <laughs> but that also is uh, that point is made by a quotation from kathopanishad see kathopanishad very clearly says that when one has this abiding knowledge then there is no harsha and shoka
అధ్యాత్మ యోగాది గమేన దేవం మత్వాధిరో హర్షశోకౌ జహాది అధ్యాత్మయోగ అధిగమైన వారి అధ్యాత్మయోగ వారి యోగ ఆఫ్ అధ్యాత్మ వారి యోగ ఆఫ్ ద సెల్ఫ్ వారి నాలెడ్జ్ ద సెల్ఫ్ దేవం మత్వా నోయింగ్ ద సెల్ఫ్ దేవం నోయింగ్ ద దేవత మీనింగ్ నోయింగ్ ద సెల్ఫ్ ధీర హర్ష శోకౌ జహాది ధీరం ఇస్ వైజ్ మ్యాన్ గివ్స్ అప్ ది హర్ష్ అండ్ శోక ఆర్ ఎలేషన్ అండ్ డిప్రెషన్ ఇది కథశ్రుతి వాక్యం అర్థత పఠతి దిస్ స్టేట్మెంట్ ఫ్రమ్ కఠోపనిషత్ is what is explained in the verse 9 devam matva harsha shokau devam matva harsha shokau jahatyatraiva dhairyavan jahatyatraiva dhairyavan nainam krita krite punya nainam krita krite punya కమిట్మెంట్ సో ధైర్యవాన్ వన్ ఇస్ కమిటెడ్ బ్రహ్మచర్యాది సాధన సంపన్న వన్ హూ ఇస్ ఎండ్ ఆల్వేస్ ఆల్ దీస్ ప్రిపరేషన్స్ ఆఫ్ బ్రహ్మచర్య ఎట్సెట్రా సో మ్యాన్ ఆఫ్ సెల్ఫ్ కంట్రోల్ అండ్ దర్ వన్ హూ ఇస్ టోటల్ కంట్రోల్ ఓవర్ వన్స్ ఓన్ సెల్ఫ్ వన్స్ ఓన్ సెన్స్ ఆర్గన్స్ ఇన్ ద మైండ్ ఈజ్ యూర్ కాల్ ధైర్యవాన్ బికాస్ సజ్ ఎ పర్సన్ అలోన్ ఈజ్ ఈజ్ ఫిట్ ఫార్ దిస్ నాలెడ్జ్ if the mind and sense organs are not abiding it is not possible to gain an abidance in this knowledge so dhairyavan devam matva knowing matva means avagamya knowing the self which self chidananda adi lakshanam knowing oneself is chidananda chit means awareness ananda means happiness so knowing oneself has a very embodiment of awareness and happiness avagamya atraiva asmin neva janmani harsha shokau jahadi right in this verse itself he becomes free from the reactions of harsha and shoka It's interestingly enough both elation and depression both are reactions harsha harsha means an impulse of happiness that comes when i come across something that i love or like then that impulse of happiness that comes from within is called harsha and by the same token when i come across something that i dislike then another impulse that comes from within is called depression or shoka grief or or you know so harsha and shoka both of these are looked upon as reactions why should happiness also be called reaction when i when i am conf- confronted with something that i love and therefore when that happen impulse of happiness is there why is that undesirable according to them the impulse of happiness is as undesirable as the impulse of unhappiness why is it so because if your happiness depends upon something then that something can make you unhappy also so you see some people become so happy when they meet somebody when they do something or whatever so when they come across something that is desirable you know or they like they become so happy jump in joy 
the very same people also feel totally depressed when they meet the opposite of that. So it is like a seesaw. This person's mind can never be steady when my happiness and unhappiness depend upon the situations. I always keep myself, keep on reacting and therefore the mind always is going up and down. There is never a steadiness of the mind. So harsha is rajas and shoka is tamas and what we want is sattva. Sattva means a balance, not dullness. Very often when you talk of balance, it just doesn't appeal in the present situation. But we want excitement. And then everybody wants excitement. But excitement is rajas. Because when something can, something can excite me, something can depress me also. Either very same thing can depress me, or something else can depress me. But the real happiness is the effortless cheerfulness or the joy which is there. It's neither, not a reaction. A reaction is something that occurs on account of something else. This happiness is on account of my own self. So wise man is free from the reactions of harsha and shoka, of elation and grief both. And that is what is said in the next passage, next line of this verse, Nainam krita kurde punyapabe tapaita kvachita. That is based on another passage from Brahadaranika Upanishad. Nainam krita krude tapataha. Kruta and akruta. Kruta, that which is done. Akruta, that which is not done. So whatever done and not done, nothing create any reaction in the wise man. <coughs> See what it means is, Puram akrutam punyam, krutam chapapam, tatpavidaha, tapahetur nabhavati. Earlier it was said, Etameva tapenaisha chinta karmagnisamadhi. In the fifth verse it was said, the wise man is no more scorched by the fire of action. Meaning wise man doesn't have a sense of regret as to how come I failed to perform that punya karma or how I can perform the papa karma. That kind of a sense of regret the wise man does not have. Here this verse says even something more than that. Formerly it was said that punya which is not performed and papa which is performed they do not create any sense of regret. Here this verse says that even the punya perform or not perform Papa performed or not performed do not create any reaction. In short, the past punya karma also create reaction in the form of harsha. Past papa karma create the reaction in terms of shoka. And wise man is free from both these reactions of harsha and shoka. <coughs> Says tapo nama chitta vikara visheshaha. What is called tapa? Chitta vikara. When the mind reacts, any kind of reaction is called affliction. Any kind of reaction is called affliction. Punyam krutam sat harsharakshanam vikaram utpadadi. When you perform punya karma or virtuous action, that results into a happy situation and that creates in one the reaction of happiness. Akrutam vishadam. And if you don't perform punya, it creates vishada, unhappiness. Papam punaha tadvariparityena akrutam harsham utpadadi. If papa karma you don't perform, creates harsha. Krutam vishadam, papa karma you perform, creates vishada. In short, harsha and vishada, elation and depression, both of these are reactions and wise man is free from both the reactions. <coughs> See, it is interesting, you observe now that when 
you get even elated. When you get overjoyed, when you come across something, then also you lose all sense of proportion. When a person becomes too happy, you know, then also loses sense of proportion. Thus, says things which are, which should not be said, and does something that should not be done. Very out of the impulse of happiness, you become so happy that it becomes unreal. In the sense that you are not in the real world and then you you lose what we call the sense of proportion. In too much happiness, that a reaction of happiness, person says things and does things which should not be done. And again when I become depressed, then also I say things and do things which are also improper. So both these reactions of harsha and shoka uh, cost me what we call the sense of proportion. So wise man doesn't come under the sway of harsha and shoka. That is called freedom, where you do not come under the sway of anything. That is called freedom. When I find myself coming under the sway of anything, of the situation, if the situation can create in me fear, that means I am under the sway of situation. If the situation can create me even the uh, joy, again I am under the spell of situation. The situation can create in me uh, sadness, again I am under the spell of situation. So this, what we call the joy, or the sadness, or the fear, all of these are reactions. And all of these are created because I come under the spell of situation. That means that I am not free. So what is freedom? Freedom is freedom from coming under the spell of the situation also. That is called freedom. In that sense, wise man is free. And therefore, situations cannot create any reactions in him. And therefore, harsha shovavitaraga bhayakrodha says Gita, vitaraga bhayakrodha. He is free from raga, attachment, bhaya the fear, krodha the anger. So fear, anger, Attachment, elation, all of these are reactions which are created by situations. One who is subject to these reactions is not yet free from the influence of the situations. Wise man being free from the influence, therefore he is free from reactions. That is the whole idea of freedom. So understand that freedom means freedom from reactions. Nothing else. Not that you don't interact with the world. Not that you don't enjoy the world. But then... You do not come under the spell of the world. That's called freedom. So when you when you react with overjoy, that also is a reaction. Joy is fine, but reaction is is shows bondage. And thus, what this verse says is, No situation ever creates any kind of reaction in him. Situations can be of two types, favorable and unfavorable. Favorable situation is a result of punya karma, the virtuous action. Unfavorable situation is the product of fapa karma, or what we call the unbecoming action. And these are the two kinds of situations that we confront again and again. Neither situation creates any reaction in the wise man. Avikriya Brahma Rupatva Jnanadita Vipraya because he knows himself as Brahman and Brahma is Avikriya meaning free from all vikara, free from all modifications. So he knows, knows himself as a self which is Brahman which is free from all the modifications and therefore there is no reaction occurring in him 
from any situation. And situations are the product of punya and papa. As you said, situations can be classified two ways, favorable or unfavorable. Favorable situations is what we like, and they are the product of past punya karma or virtuous deeds. Unfavorable situations is what we dislike, they are the products of papa karma or vicious deeds. And both of them create nas reactions. Why these things do not create any reactions in wise men? This is called dhairyavan. One is really having that fortitude, really abiding in the self, and therefore free from reactions. So the question was that we find that even learned people also react with elation and depression. It says no, a wise man does not react with elation or depression. Because he abides in the self like ocean, which is calm in its bottom. And so also the wise man enjoys that calmness, that serenity, that tranquility. Regardless of what storms are there on the surface of the ocean, how the, the real bottom of the ocean remains totally unaffected, remains calm, and so also the wise man remains calm in, in and through any kind of situations, so that also is another characteristic of freedom. So thus this freedom or moksha alone is being explained in different ways. We said that this is moksha where there is freedom from reactions of harsha and shoka. <coughs> okay. Om Puranamadav Puranamidam Puranat Puranamudachyade Puranasya Puranamadaya Puranameva Vashishyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Badarayanam Sutra Bhashya Krutavande Bhagavantav Punapunah Ishvaro Gururatmedi Murti Bheda Vibhagine Vyoma Vadvyapta Dehaya Dakshina Murtaye Namaha Om Shantishantishantihi Hari Om Shri Gurubhyo Namaha Hari Om